stars. You have a plan for your life. You know where you want to go. Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star. Are you are the party starts now? Well, hello, power partners. Welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. It's brought to the airways under the uh, species of Be the Star You Are charity, and I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and it's produced by Star Style Production. We hope to seed, stimulate, and support space for. Positive, meaningful dialogue. So the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. And it's from an actor that I've had the privilege of working with a couple of times. He's no longer with us, but he was was very exciting. Leonard Nimoy. And it is, that is the exploration that awaits you. Not mapping stars or studying nebula, but charting the unknown possibilities of existence. So this is the exploration that awaits us today on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. In our first segment, we're going to talk about weeds because spring is the most colorful season of the year. There's a cornucopia of bulbs and flowers and shrubs and trees, but it's also the time that Mother Nature shares the ornaments that gardeners most loathe, and those are weeds. And I can speak from experience that the hills and fields and landscapes are filled with weeds. In our second segment, we'll be talking about home personal computers. They have become absolutely essential communication tools. And you may want to know what are the choices for today's models. What do you look for when you want to get a new computer and how to get the computer you need, maybe without all the bells and whistles that you don't need. And finally, poor ergonomics can really cause havoc on your health. And with so many people working from home right now during the pandemic, many might not have the right setup to work efficiently. So we'll talk about how to take regular breaks and look at what you might be able to do to improve your home workstation. Because health, as we said, health is wealth. Well, as I said, uh, spring is the most colorful season of the year, and I am absolutely loving spring in California. I get emails from across the country where it's still blanketed in snow and nothing is popped, maybe a crocus or two, and I just feel so badly for everyone. Um, I'm just so done with snow. I really like seeing the sunshine and the flowers and the buds, but... Um, there are so many weeds and I have been working probably a good month and with every spare moment that I have, I get outside to weed. And although, you know, I know I'm aware that a weed is just a plant growing where a gardener doesn't want it to, this year those plants are in profusion everywhere. Now, my garden is bursting with blooms and blossoms 
and unfortunately weeds. Now for the past month, as I said, I have spent so many hours on my knees pulling the roots of numerous unwanted characters, trying to edit my beds to what I consider a definition of beauty in the garden. Now there are three types of weeds in my personal landscape that are most egregious. There's black medic, Carolina geranium, and of course, all those common grasses that have blown in from the surrounding hills. Now, the best method to eradicate and control weeds organically involves several steps. And of course, I'm going to share those with you. First, it is essential to pull the weeds with the roots attached as they develop. Now, the goal is to get rid of the weeds when they're sprouting and definitely before they set and scatter seeds. It is hard to do when they're really tiny because sometimes you can't tell the weeds from perhaps some plants that are growing. But as they grow and you know their weeds, start getting them before the ground gets too hard. Second, enrich the soil with compost. You will find more weeds will emerge because of the nutrient-rich soil And then third, you have to go back to step one and remove the second batch of weeds. I am literally on my third batch right now, just so you know. Fourth, after you've gotten all the weeds out, you can top dress with three inches of organic mulch, which can be bark, straw, cocoa chips, shredded leaves, or even grass clippings. Now, I am always experimenting with how best to accomplish a weed-free garden. And these are some things that I discovered this year. First, the most densely growing patches of weeds, especially this Carolina geranium and the hill grasses, were in areas where I had only amended with shredded leaves or had done nothing at all. Now, where I had amended with um, two inches of enriched soil but didn't put a top dressing Weeds grew lush and full, but they were very easy to pull by hand. I mean, like one tug and the roots came out. The third thing was in beds where I only added wood chips, there were only a smattering of weeds emerging, and those were mostly black medic. And I'm going to talk about the the weeds uh, a little bit later here so you know what uh, why they're growing in certain areas. In places where I had brought in new soil, and topped it with wood chips. There were fewer weeds and they were easily yanked by hand. But in the areas where I I did a two-step mulch of shredded newspaper, shredded cardboard, just shredded, um, you know, computer paper, then I topped that with bark. There were minimal to no weeds. So my observations indicate that a two-step mulching procedure works the best. It is the most labor-intensive, yet it's effective. So actually, I suppose it would be three steps total because you're bringing in the good soil, and then you're adding the newspaper and the paper shredded, and then you add the bark. But interestingly enough, where I did that, those steps, I have almost no weeds. So I think it's worth putting in that extra effort because... It is the weeds are just so thick. Now let's talk about Carolina geranium. Um, geranium Carolinum is the actual Latin name. It's also known as Cranesbill, and I'm sure you've seen it because it has a profusion of these half-inch beaks after it flowers. It's a very dainty and pretty weed when it's young. 
the palmate leaves are lacy, they're fern-like, they have these hairy uh, petiole stalks, and they have these tiny five-petaled pink flowers. Now, for the first month after it sprouts, it just resembles a ground cover. And you have to be really careful because if you plant anemones, the leaf pattern looks so similar. So you could think you're pulling a weed when you're really pulling a bulb. So um, as the weather warms, it seeks the sunlight. So it goes from that really small ground cover to branching out two feet or more, and it spirals up, and it can literally get to, oh, maybe two and a half feet tall, go two and a half feet wide. And then the seed has this hard core, which allows it to withstand a very long dormancy in the soil. And Carolina geranium is not edible, but its roots are considered antibacterial, antifungal, and astringent. And they are used as external medicinal herb to stop bleeding. And many people have used the roots as a gargle for sore throats. You don't swallow it, but you can gargle it. Now, the best way to get rid of it, as I said, is hand pulling. I know a lot of people say, why don't you just weed whack the, you know, get a weed whacker out and whack the weeds. The problem is, is if you have a mature garden, you have flowers and bushes and shrubs and other important um, specimens all around the weeds. And so you just have to pull them. If you were to whack, you would be just ruining your garden. If you're on a hillside or a meadow where there's no other flowers, Yes, you probably can, but keep in mind if you're not if you're not weed whacking before the seeds set, you're just spreading the seeds everywhere. Now, black medic is actually called Medago lupina. It's also known as yellow trefoil or hop medic, and it is a broadleaf plant. It looks a lot like clover with yellow flowers, and it establishes itself in areas that have had drought or in soils that have been disturbed, or those that are so dry that they really need increased irrigation. Now, it's a legume, so that means that it fixes its own nitrogen, and that helps it to overcome the lawn grasses and nutrient-poor soils. So very often, you'll see um, a lawn, and it might be a nice lawn, but then it'll have all these little yellow flowers with these clover-like spreading I don't know, This it's a weed, right? It's black medic. And that's because the black medic is taking over the lawn because it's trying to re- bring nitrogen to the soil. And I know I've had it in my lawn. I'm always trying to pull it out. Now, when the flowers mature, they form a black seed pod, and that lends itself to the name black medic. And the medic is because it it's medicinal in the way that it is bringing nitrogen to the soil. Now, a friend of mine said to me um, that it is very important as a vegetable and herb in Mexico. It's highly desired as an edible green and that it's very expensive to buy. Of course, I said he can have all he wants because I have plenty (laughs) and I want to get rid of it. He can just come and pull it. Now, he didn't want to do that, but uh, I guess in Mexico, it is actually eaten like um, like maybe spinach or collards. If you eat it raw, it's bitter. But when cooked, it does taste like spinach or collards. And it has a lot of protein and fiber. 
And it also has antibacterial qualities and is considered a mild laxative. And bees are very attracted to this plant. Now, the one good thing about it is it makes a marvelous green manure. So what that means is to uh, you can pull it out, you can hand weed it, pull out that taproot, but you can actually dig it back into the soil as a green manure, and it'll be a, um, a fertilizer and will help add nitrogen to your soil. Now, here where I live, uh, many of the hillsides are experiencing what's called a super bloom of California poppies. And the poppies are mixed with purple vetch. Now, I grew up with these beautiful orange globes and vetch because on the farm, you know, they were natives. So I was really overjoyed to see this jewelry by nature. Uh, California poppies are the state flower of California, if you didn't know that. And purple vetch, which is also known as American vetch or hairy vetch, it is a native nitrogen-fixing cover crop that our family used to feed our cattle on our ranch. It is considered a weed, but I think of it as a valuable wildflower because it's great fodder for wildlife, and it also adds biomass to the soil. The plant attracts beneficial insects to the garden, and the flowers entice the bees. So growing along vegetables, it can act as a living mulch. And vetch is a climber. It'll go two feet, and it spreads through rhizomes. Now, if you want to control it, you can cut it, and you can leave it on the surface of the soil to suppress other weeds and then to add more of the nitrogen to the soil. Now, Native Americans evidently consumed vetch as a food, and they used it also for poultices, you know, for anything that was swollen or broken, etc. Now, today before the show, as I said at the beginning, I try to get a few hours of gardening in every day uh, before work or after work or whenever I can. But I was, um, I was actually pulling vetch and then putting it on the ground to uh, be a mulch so that it would go back into the soil. But so much vetch was wrapped around plants, and I didn't want it to do that. Although I do love their purple flowers. They really are quite pretty. They look like a pea. It looks like, you know, a, a sweet pea flower. Now, uh, before you ever consume anything or apply anything externally from any plant to your body that you're not familiar with, you should consult a medical professional because although many plants and herbs are helpful, individuals could have conditions that could make ingesting or topically using the plant reactive and dangerous. So just make sure that you know what you're doing and don't just do it because you think that it's an herb or it's going to be helpful, that could be very um, unhelpful to you. Now, once you've managed the weeds, you're going to enjoy the bounty of blooms erupting everywhere in neighborhoods where you don't have snow anymore and you have sunshine. Right now in my garden, I have the lilacs, wisteria, hyacinths, tulips, bluebells, calendulas, freesias, Chinese fringe flowers, Dutch iris, bearded iris, Santa Barbara daisies, osteosperman, azaleas, camellias, jasmine, redwood, and even my roses are bursting with color. And I am also, my fruit trees are all, uh, you know, it's a parade of blossoms. The cherry, the apple, the pear, the crab apple, the Asian pear, they're all blooming. And so that's really, you know, it's, it's so beautiful to see. So the grass is green, the weather is mild. 
and our gardens are the place where we can unwind and connect with the magical natural world. Now, next week, we're going to be celebrating Earth Day on April 22nd, and nature uh, is just definitely putting out its beauty. As Maya Angelou said, you may know the world is a magical place when Mother Nature creates her own jewelry. Well, I, I'll be talking about Mother Nature's jewelry next week because uh, we can... We can uh, start, once you've weeded, you can throw seeds, and then you can start planting. Don't throw seeds or plant before you have cleaned your garden, because you'll just get confused. So just appreciate and protect our natural environment. Nurture our planet. Recycle, reuse, repurpose, reduce. Weed, seed, feed, and just help your home to shine with Mother Nature's colorful plant jewelry. And happy gardening and happy growing. So if you want more information about gardening, just visit my website at uh, goddessgardener.com, cynthiabryan.com. Go to the garden uh, section and you will see lots of photos and you can read lots of different articles. Uh, And if you are in need of a garden consultation, that is my expertise. So give give me a holler via email. When we come back from break, we will be talking about the computers. So don't go away. I'm Cynthia Bryant, and I'll be back in a bit. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Beat the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is Well, we're back. Star Style is back. The show's brought to you by Be The Star You Are. Visit Be The Star You Are charity at bethestarur.org. So uh, in this segment, I just wanted to talk about some 
things about computer shopping. Uh, I'm a Mac person. I love my Mac. I've always been on a Mac. There was only a short time when I had a laptop that wasn't a Mac, and I I definitely I had such a hard time with it. So I guess you're either a PC or you're a Mac person. But um, now my battery has gone dead, so I have to take my Mac in and get a new battery put in because the only way it's going to work is if it's plugged in and it's interesting you just forget how much you use your computer when it's not plugged in and if your battery's not working that's not very good but you know with people working from home um, especially in this last year it really has taught us that personal computers or especially laptops are absolutely essential I mean they help us not only do work from home, but just to communicate with our family or keep up on events or maybe even do your shopping or pay your bills or, you know, manage other aspects of your life. So there have been so many people in this past year, evidently, that have really needed to buy a computer. And if you haven't bought one in three or more years, computers have changed a lot. Today's ma- machines are so much faster, they're more power efficient, they're thinner, and in some cases they might even be cheaper. But one thing that hasn't changed is the jargon, and that still baffles buyers without advanced degrees or a passion for technology. So here's how to get the computer you need without paying for what you don't. And I just know for me, um, I just always wanted a, a lot of, of, of memory. I don't need all the bells and whistles. So let's talk about RAM. That is your computer's short-term memory. It's essentially, it's the operating workspace. So the more RAM, the more programs or browser tabs you can have open and running smoothly at the same time. And the fewer that are going to freeze up, you know, when you, you have to shut down your computer. So what experts are recommending are at least 8 gigabytes of RAM, though there are cloud-based Chromebooks um, that can work with maybe just 4. But again, I'm a big person of get as much RAM as you can afford. RAM allows your computer to store the information from programs and then to have a very quick retrieval. Today's choices with America going mobile, and the computers have too, so laptops are obviously the most popular type of computer, and then tablets are second. I don't use a tablet, and I'm really not familiar with them, so um, I can't talk too much about those, but portable devices account for four-fifths of the world's wide market, and the big desktop boxes They're still available, but they're usually built for high-end users who need ultra-high-speed capacity. Uh, You can also hook up a laptop to a monitor on your desk when you just need a larger display, which is something that I have done. And monitors have dropped in price a lot, too, and you can get a good one for like $150 or less. Now, connectors. Those are the USB, the power cable, the monitor connections um, that you probably become used to. Well, on new computers, they're mostly gone. The new industry standard for connecting power drawing accessories is the smaller USB-C, and it can be used for anything. The down 
Well, we're back. We had just a little bit of a drop. So I wanted to talk about the processor on a computer uh, because that this is the master chip that drives your computer. And current window-based computers typically run 10th or 11th generation Intel chips. So you can look for a model number, like examples would be i5, i7, and then find two digits immediately after that. And you want preferably a 10 or an 11. Now, if you use cloud storage, remember that you're going to still need access to dependable Wi-Fi. Now, pricing. You should be able to find a computer that will, you know, suit your everyday needs for $400 and above. Now, I'm not talking about a Mac. I'm just talking about a laptop. The difference is the quality of the components. So it's like shopping for a watch. You can buy a Timex or you can buy a Rolex. It's more expensive models should have a longer life because they have more speed, memory, and storage. But the key word here is uh, is should. Now the screen. Um, you could get a 13-inch, a 15-inch. The screen, a larger screen makes reading and viewing easier for your eyes. But whether you buy a monitor for a desktop computer or to hook up to a laptop, it's recommended that you have, um, uh, if your monitor is a 27 or 32 inches, the sweet spot for laptops is 14 or 15 inches. And uh, that balances the readability portability, space efficiency, and cost. But you also want to pay attention to screen resolution specifications. So make sure to choose a model with a full HD, which is the 1080 pixel resolution. And don't go with a 720. That is below today's standards. Or the new high-end 4K resolution displays. But that's going to curtail battery life. I personally like a smaller laptop. Um, mine's only a 13-inch. And when I need a bigger screen, I just hook it up to a, man, a monitor. But, you know, it's a personal preference. Uh, computer monitors are getting larger. And as I said, they can be hooked up to laptops. Then the data storage. So a good starting point for internal storage is... Um, 256 gigabytes. Now, that's a starting point, but you could get by with less because of one area of change in the past few years. Computers, users are storing documents, photos, and videos, as you know, in the cloud. So if that is something that you feel secure with, then maybe you don't need so much data storage. And not only does this reduce your need for a large hard drive inside your computer, it can let you access your files from your mobile devices and your other computers. And there is another benefit. When you buy a new computer, you won't have to transfer a lot of data because you'll already have it in the cloud. And then there is a, a new option out there, and it's the rise of the cloud-based computing. It's led to a new laptop subcategory that's called Chromebooks, and they run a Google operating system and they're made by various manufacturers, and they come with minimal internal storage and are typically less expensive and very light. And so one of the biggest trends is that Chromebooks have gotten a lot better. Um, they were dismissed at first as being like just for school kids, but 
their screens have gotten bigger and a lot of them have touch displays and they are simple to use and they are secure. So the battery life also tends to be pretty good according to the research. So you just have to do your homework and see what works for you. And then here are just some other considerations. Audio and video. Most computers sold today come with quality video and audio components. That means they have built-in speakers, they have cameras, they have microphones, and they have wireless Wi-Fi and Bluetooth capabilities. Salespeople might try to get you to invest in enhanced video cards, but those are really for hardcore gamers. So, you know, don't take the bait if you're just looking to do your homework or connect with family or you just have, you know, just normal computer things that you're going to be doing. And then disk drives. Few laptops sold today have a CD or a DVD player. Now, my former computer had a, a DVD and CD player, which I loved because um, I have a lot of DVDs and CDs, and especially on a trip, I could just take them and put them on the plane, and, you know, I loved it. But those have all gone away. Software is downloaded or even cloud-based now, and most music or videos today are streamed over the Internet, so files are either stored on your hard drive or in the cloud. But if you still want one, you can still get them. They have plug-in external CD, DVD players, and you can probably find one for less than $50. So that's a pretty good, a pretty good deal um, if you definitely want that. Or if you're like me and you have a lot of other DVDs or, you know, it came in handy to be able to watch DVDs when I was having to be on this nominating committee and I was receiving all these DVDs um, in the mail, which, and they weren't streaming these shows, you had to watch them on DVD. So that was, uh, it was helpful to have a computer that had a DVD player. And then internet connection. So if you have video calls that are freezing up, the problem may be with your internet service or your Wi-Fi connection. So if you can invest in a better router or even a signal booster or get higher speed internet service, it might enhance your computer's performance. And that way, maybe you don't have to buy a higher grade model. Maybe it's just all about internet. Now, of course, when it comes to internet, it really depends where you live and what service providers you have. Um, and my example is, is, uh, in the area where I am for both my home and my office, for many, many years, I had my internet through AT&T, but it was so, so incredibly slow. And they kept saying that we were going to be getting this high-speed internet and uh, that uh, UVerse, I guess it was called UVerse, was going to come. Well, UVerse came finally to um, to my office, but it didn't come to our house. And we just, we it was just impossible for two people to be on the internet at one time. Things were always freezing, things were dropping. And so I had to switch over to um, Comcast. And the difference was amazing. It was a bit more expensive, but um, it was just amazing how much we could run and we could we could now stream things on a big screen where there was no way that we could stream anything 
could never stream a movie with AT&T. And it just depends where the towers are. So you, if you live in a, a neighborhood that uh, doesn't have good internet, then you'll just need to call around, call different people that are in your office space or in your neighborhood and find out who is their internet provider and do they have faster service because I just found that by calling the service providers they would always say oh yes we're going to have it soon we'll let you know and that went on for years until it was like okay enough is enough (laughs) so I hope this will be helpful for you because it's just so important to have our computers and our phones working and the same thing with your um your smartphone, as far as service goes, uh, you know, again, where we live in some places, uh, Verizon will have service when AT&T won't or the, any of the other providers won't. You just don't know. So you kind of have to have the service that works in your area. And the only way to really find out about it is maybe even to call your city offices and see what they are offering and what they are doing. So, all right. Well, that is um, our segment two. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some ergonomics, the do's and don'ts for what you're doing and working at home. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Don't go away. I will be back in a bit. Grab a cup of tea or a glass of water or, heck, it's 4.30. A glass of wine is good. (laughs) I'll be right back. Star Style, be the star you are. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. We know that we all have to exercise to stay healthy, and we also need to have humor to keep us happy. But here are a few exercises that you can do without, and they might make you chuckle. Jumping on the bandwagon, wading through paperwork, running around in circles, pushing your luck, spinning your wheels, adding fuel to the fire, beating your head against the wall, climbing the wall, beating your own drum, dragging your heels, jumping to conclusions, grasping for straws, fishing for compliments, throwing your weight around, and passing the buck. (laughs) Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, B-R-I-A-N dot com. Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 
376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are dot org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. Well, we're going to power through some ergonomics do's and don'ts because we're working from home, we're studying from home, we're doing a lot of things from home these days. And so with millions of web of Americans now working from home and transforming kitchen tables and bedrooms into temporary office spaces, we might not be working in ideal ergonomic conditions. Because that chair could be too low, the table too high, you know, or the bed's too soft, whatever it is. You get the idea. Poor ergonomics can make or break your work from home and your study from home experience. So here are a few tips and tricks to keep you safe and to help you create an ergonomic workstation at home. First of all, and I know I have to do this myself because I can find myself doing it often, is don't hunch over your laptop. It's easy to work on your laptop for a few hours, you know, on the weekend, but when you're having to do it for 40 plus hours a week, it can really lead to back and shoulder and neck strain. And if you can, use an external monitor or a laptop stand with an external keyboard and a mouse to prop up your screen. And when you're looking at the screen, your eye should be level with the address bar on your web browser. Uh, I know for me, I, I'll just put in my own personal tips here. I just, I love my Mac uh, laptop. However, I actually get carpal tunnel if I work on the laptop for more than 20 minutes. So I do have to plug in an external um keyboard and I use a mouse and that totally solved the problem it really is solved the problem and I lifted the computer up so that my eye level is exactly on that bar so that really works another thing that you can do too instead of sitting is standing a lot of people have standing workstations now and you know to stand is much better I wear my eye watch that tells me to stand up <laughs> because otherwise you kind of forget sometimes and you just keep keep working. Now you have to work at the appropriate height. So finding a working height so that your elbows naturally would fall flush with the table or the desk height. And that will promote a better wrist alignment rather than impinging on those carpal uh, tunnel um, areas and cause stress. The other thing you might want to get, and I'm not sure, I think it's just called a gel wrist rest. Um, that's what I have. Is I also found when I plugged in my external keyboard that my, um, my wrists were resting on the table, and that was also causing carpal tunnel. So once I got this gel wrist rest, that's, that's a tongue twister. It was really soft, and now that area that would, um, you know, that would crimp up your 
your nerves, it's on something soft. Now, you could do that with a towel. You don't have to buy something, but I just found it was easier to, to buy something. Uh, use an office chair if possible. Adjustable features on an office desk chair, are they going to save you from lumbar and neck discomfort? Uh, don't give up on your current chair. Now, if you don't have the option of an office chair, there are some household items you can use to help you adjust. You could put a firm cushion or a tightly folded towel under your bottom, and that'll raise your hips and increase the curve of your spine, and that will make sitting more comfortable. So that can work well, too. I mean, I, I'm not advocating for you to go out and have to buy anything that's expensive. You don't want to let your feet dangle. That's really important. Place your feet on a few books or boxes under your desk so that your thighs are nearly parallel to the floor and your hips are slightly higher than your knees. And that's going to reduce stress on your lumbar spine. Now, one of the things I do, and if you're at home, you could do this too, is I, I, I'm shoeless all the time. Shoeless Cynthia, that's me. I mean, my favorite shoes are a pair of flip-flops or, or just my work boots. Those are my favorite shoes. But I just pretty much go barefoot and put socks on. So I have one of these, um, I don't even know what it's called. It's made of wood. It has balls on it. And I put it underneath my feet. And I roll my the balls of my feet. So I'm getting like a massage on my feet while I'm working at my desk. And that also raises my... Um, my knees and makes them even with my hips so that it's more ergonomically correct and it's just really helpful. So uh, you might want to try that and that's a real inexpensive item and again, it's, um, it's good for you. Now follow the 20-20-20 rule. You hear that 20-20-20 rule all the time. So for every 20 minutes that you look at the computer screen, you should spend 20 seconds looking at something else 20 feet away. And that gives your eye muscles a break, and it helps reduce eye strain. So in my home office, um, I am looking out at my garden and my fountain. And so it's really great for me as I can be working, and then I can quickly look away, and I can look out to see the garden, the fountain. I can listen to the birds. I can watch the birds, see the hummingbirds, etc. And it just seems to refresh me. So do something. I mean, that's how simple it is. Now, you do not want to turn your couch into a workstation. As tempting as it is, the couch is not an optimal place to work at your computer for the entire day. Now, it might be comfortable having your legs or your full body in a vertical position, but it can actually uh, cause uh, numbness in your muscles, and then eventually it'll cause quite a bit of discomfort. So, you know, if you're going to be a couch potato, just do it once in a while. And the same thing goes with your bed. If you're going to um, do your work from your bed, just do it once in a while. It's really great if you can customize a space that's going to be fitting for you. So if you try to set up a workstation that you can make entirely your own, 
um, that is going to be optimal because if you have to share a workstation, it means that you're constantly going to have to adjust your computer height, your chair, your furniture every time you sit down. And often you may choose to skip adjusting the workstation altogether. And if you're the only person using the space, customizing is going to reduce the time and discomfort of sitting at a station that doesn't fit you. So if at all possible, choose a place in your home that can be just for you. Um, If you're sharing a space, you know, uh, maybe you can even carve out a place in the closet. I know in my first house, uh, we didn't really have an office, but I needed like a private space. I needed a space that was just going to be mine and that it wasn't going to be shared with my husband. So I just cleared out a small section of um, a closet and I put a mirror behind it so that I could see I was not looking, you know, I was seeing myself, I guess, but really I was, I put it so that I could see what was behind me. And I had my own workstation right there in the closet. (laughs) I know it's not the optimal or the better, it's better to have a window, but it sure worked. Uh, We didn't have to share. And today it used to be, you know, that there was maybe only one computer in the house and everybody used it. But these days, it seems that most people have their own private laptops or they have their own tablet. And so it's not as necessary um, to share uh, to share a computer. So why not just find a space that you can use yourself and that it's already set up and you have your pens, your stapler, your, you know, whatever you need, your scotch tape, your thesaurus, your phone, anything that you're going to need, that you have it all in one place. I think it's going to be so much better for you. Uh, Don't skip lunch and make sure you stay hydrated. Now, this is one that I have to tell myself all the time is that's the skip lunch. Hydration, I keep a bottle of water, actually a, a cup of water and a cup of tea on my desk away from my computer on the other end because I've made that mistake before of spilling a glass of water because it's so important to stay hydrated. And especially when I'm doing radio, I really need to stay hydrated. But um, the lunch part is important because what happens when you're sitting at your desk, it becomes really easy to snack throughout the day instead of eating the way that you would if you had a regular schedule. And especially when you're at home and you can, you know, go to the pantry or the kitchen or wherever you keep those potato chips and uh, the, the guacamole or whatever it is that you like to snack on. But it's better not to snack. Instead, m- make sure that you actually give yourself a timetable so that you are eating at a time that you would have done before. Making a meal and staying hydrated is going to give you the opportunity. You're going to stand up, walk around, let your eyes have a rest from the computer screen. And those are all really important things. And um, you can just give yourself, you know, say, okay, I'm going to give myself 20 minutes or 30 minutes to have lunch. And then do make sure you do get up and walk around because the goal is to get in as many steps as possible during the day even if you're at home instead of at the office. And remember, we're always trying to get at least 10,000 steps in a day to be healthy. Now, um, the other thing, now that is all about ergonomics, but 
I would like you also to start making some of your own home homemade teas to snip and to steep. I think you'll really, really like it because maybe it's a, a trend, but tea really does have some serious, serious stain power. And across all cultures, we have been obsessed with tea for a very long time, whether as a part of a ritual or when you are sick as an elixir or maybe just, you know, um, a nice reward. Or if you live in Europe, at 4 o'clock every day, it was tea time. Everybody kind of took, um, when, when I lived in Holland, we did it, in Ireland, in France, when we, you know, at 4 o'clock, you took about 20 minutes to have a cup of hot tea and a biscuit. So one of the things that can really help you in your home office is also to come up with making some of your own teas. Now, yes, you can go ahead and, you know, make a tea with that tea bag. There's no problem with that. But it's really kind of wonderful if you do it on make your own thing. Now, if you have a French press, you can use a French press to make tea and to make a brew that is just really delicious. If you don't, you can also just make what's called sun tea. And now it can take an entire day to brew, but sun teas are so well worth the wait. They're light and refreshing, and um, you can just experiment with different varieties of herbs that you might have growing in your garden, or you can get herbs at the market. For example, you can harvest the stems, the foliage, and the flowers, and then you can balance the herbal flavors with floral fruity or minty notes and then mix and match as you see fit so like I really like to use I like mint I use the leaves of lemons and tangerines and orange I grow the chamomile flowers I like lemon verbena Um, you can do lemongrass if you want citrusy flavors you can do lemongrass um that is or or the lemon meringue scented geranium that makes a great tea for mint, you can add calamint or you can add bee balm or spearmint. Um, if you want something that is going to taste like an Earl Grey, it's a lemon bergamot. That's a monarda. Uh, if you want like a licorice flavor, you can add um, anise. If you just want just real herbal, you can put sage or marjoram or thyme. And then, of course, the floral, I add the chamomile, lavender, and rose. And so you can actually plant a tea garden and consider adding the herbs that I just told you to match whatever ideal scent and taste that you want. And then when you harvest it, you want to avoid the bitter taste and uh, the wilting by picking early in the morning instead of during or after a full day of sun. Dip the cuttings into cold water to remove the dirt and critters. Let them dry. And then you can keep them in a fresh base or just start them right away and put them in your teapot. Pour hot water over it, put it in the sun, and um, let it sit in the sun for eight hours. Strain the liquid through a fine mesh sieve, put it in a pitcher, and you can have iced tea or you can make hot tea. And um, it's the perfect, perfect thing for your office or while you're working on your computer. And I think of it as being ergonomically and healthily correct. Well, thank you so much for being with us here on Star Style Be the Star You Are. 
I hope that you will continue to stay tuned every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We uh, always want to help you change your life for the better, make your dreams come true, and offer some tips for living authentically today and also give you ways to save the earth at the same time. For more information about me or Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To make a donation by credit card to Be The Star You Are, you can go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. We are constantly uh, still doing COVID and disaster relief, so BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim, as always, is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. want you to see beyond your physical being and know you are already the star that you dreamed of becoming. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And I hope you'll go to our website and pick up a book, of which we have eight that with proceeds that um, benefit Be The Star You Are charity. So it's a win-win. You get a book and Be The Star You Are gets uh, a couple of dollars and you will get the inspiration. So remember that a book is like a garden in your pocket. Until we celebrate next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. Again, visit our website at CynthiaBryan.com and BeTheStarYouAre.org and you can click on the store if you definitely would like to uh, get a book. So thank you from Star Style. I encourage you to be the star you are. Make sure to be your unapologetically authentic, unique self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference and weed your garden because it is time to seed and feed and get your plants planted but you gotta weed first thanks for joining me be the star you are the star you are be the star you are you are the star it's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.